Welcome to E Pluribus Unum. This is the first of our podcasts where we'll be talking about just about everything controversial, um, but just with decorum. Today I have joining with me Javen Bear. Thank you, Javen, for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. And we have Houston Miller. Thank you, Houston, for joining us and taking some time to uh, talk controversy. <laughs> I, mean, I appreciate y'all having me. Appreciate y'all having me. Um, so I just want to jump in and I have a couple of questions. Today's topic is going to be about uh, the Trump presidency and I have a, about five different topics that I would like to go over with you guys and I just want you guys to give me your opinion of um, the topic and just answer it in a way where you can uh, express yourself one but also show respect towards the other yeah. opinion. Well it's good we have you sitting in the middle. We probably It's so tight in here we can't get at each other. <laughs> yeah no we don't need any fights in the, uh, in the radio station. Um, <laughs> so I guess we can just jump in and either one of you can decide or, or can take this first question. Sure. Um, so Trump is a different kind of president, and more specifically, he doesn't follow the uh, normal rules of the presidency. Uh, what sort of qualities do you guys think really sticks out, and what speaks to you individually? To me, I think it's, in some ways, it reminds me that it's, a, it's very American that we would elect someone to the White House who's not a politician. Like, that's that seems to me like kind of... The thing that America, from the beginning, that that seems like an American idea, where you you take someone who's not necessarily like grown up in that type or qualified for the position specifically, and you make them your leader. But when it comes to Trump, from my perspective, I, I heard Ben Shapiro say on his show one time that Trump does not meet his bottom line for candidacy. They, someone he would vote for. He said neither neither of the um, people running for election last term met that. And that, that's kind of how I feel about Trump. Like, he's he's just not what comes to my mind as a presidential figure. You know, like the way he speaks, the way he addresses controversy, the way he handles his opponents. It's, it's not typical, and it's not something that I desire from a president. But he's certainly unique. You can't argue with that. I would I would agree with you that it is very Americana to 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 have somebody who's not a politician. I believe, and, and my opinion is, is is maybe that's what we need. If we remember the last president that we had uh, that way was Reagan. Reagan was a, an actor, mm -hmm. and he was many consider one of the greatest presidents of of all time in America. And so I think I agree with you that I do think it's very Americana. But I I prefer that. I prefer someone who doesn't grow up in the in the political waves of doing things he does things his own way and and for me i appreciate that because i know that trump treats america like a business and every business has its shortcomings every business you know but but trump for the most part i believe has done a good job he's not he's not the typical typical uh political guy and it doesn't talk like a politician but i mean facts don't argue i mean he's, he's getting things done yeah i think it's interesting you bring up reagan because I think we were talking about that in our last class, Ronald Reagan, because he was a movie star, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't yes. know a lot about Reagan, yeah. but he's a movie star. But in my mind, Reagan and Trump, while you could put them in the same class as like not career politicians, just completely different in the way that they that they approach. I mean, we're communication majors. The way they approach communication, like Reagan, when I when I watch Reagan speak. It doesn't, it doesn't like incite anger, and I don't see him just like attacking people ruthlessly or bullying. 
Whereas Trump's, the way I see Trump is like, his whole mantra is build a wall to keep people out, drain the swamp of everyone we don't want. And it's like, it's so much more aggressive. And maybe it's not even the policy, it's just the the way they approach their communication I think perhaps a big deal something that you're referencing now is the, the the absence of decorum, whereas with Reagan's presidency, you had uh, respect for the other side, you had respect for different opinions, but you were still able to express yourself. Is that something that you uh, see lacking in, in Trump's form of commu- or mode of communication? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I will, I'll be the first one, I'm a huge Trump supporter, but I'll be the first one to say that Trump is not silver-tongued. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, Reagan, sure. Reagan was, he was he was an actor. I mean, yeah. he, he learned how to be that, and Trump's not. Trump has been a, I mean, he was a builder first and foremost. He was a contractor, and anybody who knows anything about contracting, sometimes you just got to be the boss man. And so I think instead of us hating Trump, for, or not necessarily hating, but instead of us disliking Trump for the way he, that he's not the silver-tongued guy, we have to understand his background, where he came from. He was a builder. He was a contractor. He was the boss man his entire life. And when you become the leader of the free nation, when you become the leader of America, he, like I said, treats America like he would a business. And, and to me, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And, and honestly, I feel like, you know, I would have, I'd much prefer a boss man tell me, hey, this is the way it's going to be and we're going to do it this way than a boss man who just kind of goes with the flow. Because if I'm going to be following a leader, I, I'm going to need him to be leading. Okay, so I think that both of you sort of alluded to this, uh, the online and media uh, reputation that Trump now possesses. Yeah. Um, and it obviously it can be debated uh, the merits of, you know, his ability to uh, speak to the media and speak to us ultimately. Um, do you think that overall people have a general or, or, or people have a positive, I'm sorry, or negative opinion um, of some of these qualities that we just mentioned? So I think definitely both and i think what you get one thing you can get with a figure like trump is incredible polarization where you have his camp is on board and then the other camp is like i mean their slogan is anyone but trump and so i guess that i think that's what you get when you when you come at the presidency and you you don't possess this decorum right you don't have this silver tongue like houston was saying like you just I mean, I think it's fair to say Trump attacks people and he gives them nicknames and he uses the same method that like the playground bully uses to like intimidate people and people say Trump's a fighter and he wins. And that's true. But I, like to me, that's not what a president is. I think a president is someone who's incredibly good at foreign relations and presents himself with just an air of someone who's a leader. And he doesn't remind me of a leader, but his base thinks he gets crap done. He is a leader. So I think it's very polarizing in that way. Well, I mean, if you look at Obama, okay, Obama was very silver-tongued. He was very good with foreign, yeah. with foreign relations. But let's be real. Let's, let's look at some factual things that he did. Not nearly as much as Trump got done. Now, yes, I would agree with you that sometimes Trump can come off as the playground bully. But at the same time, I feel like America needed not necessarily a bully, but America needed a guy like Trump to come in and say, okay, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess around with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullcrap you. This is what's going to get done. And the truth of the matter is, is he was like that from the beginning. Okay. From, oh, from yeah. the time he announced he was running for president and there's a reason why he was elected. It was because the American people wanted it. The American people needed it. We dealt with Obama the way he was. We had Bush, we had Clinton it was time for a change. And I feel like that's why so many people are against Trump, as you'd say, the anyone but Trump, is because 
I'll say this, the millennial race grew up with people who were so silver-tongued and, you know, very calm and try not to hurt your feelings. And then you get the complete opposite with Trump when Trump's like, I, I don't care about your feelings. This is what's right and this is what's wrong. And I appreciate that. I like that. That's what, that's what America needs. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair to say that Trump, his tactics have not changed from the beginning. Yeah. Like, it's not like you voted for someone and then got someone else. And, and, and that's the thing. And how many other presidents did we have? And I, I'll just say this, you know, Obama. I mean, his from, from when he was running from pre, for his candidacy, when he was running to by the time he ended president, some things had stayed the same, but a lot of it was different. A lot of his takes on things were completely different. I know that comes with the job. Sometimes you, you rethink things. Sometimes like, well, my opinion changed a little bit. But Obama, in my opinion, almost did a 180 from what he started out as. And that, that's my opinion. And that's why I like Trump, because he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Um, and, and, and a big part of it is the people that that Trump surrounds himself with. I'm a big believer in show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I think it was Thomas Edison that said, uh, pretend who you prepare, uh, be careful who you pretend to be because you are who you pretend to be, I believe it was, or something like that. Trump surrounds himself with good people, in my opinion. Obama did not. And I think that that's what makes the qualities of a good leader. So consistency, I, yes. I guess that's what you're getting at, and more so to your point, Javen, just an ability to work with all sort of people and have a sensitivity um, <clears throat> towards, I, I, I guess, them. Um, speaking of which, consistency has not always been something um, that Trump has been able to do in terms of uh, truth-telling and information that is disseminated from the White House. Um, and my question, I guess, would be, how do you guys corroborate information coming in from the White House? Um, how do you receive your news about Trump and what's going on within the uh, federal level of, of politics? I think that, man, I mean, I've only been around for like 20 years. But I just, I wonder what the days were like, you know, 50, 60 years ago. I wonder what it was like being a citizen trying to stay informed then versus now. To me, it just feels like, I mean, unless you make it your full-time job, it is so hard to know what's actually going on. There's just like a deluge of information that's just flooding at you. Mm -hmm. And then every time you read an article, you have to go, okay, well, who's putting this out? And mm -hmm. what are they slanting it from? How are they framing it? Mm. And it's it's so hard to see what's actually happening. And that's what came to my mind when you said, you know, look at the facts of what Trump has done and look at what Obama did and how he flipped around 180. To be honest, it's hard for me to pin down exactly what Trump's policies are, yeah. who he surrounds himself with, what Obama was about. Like, that's part of campaign rhetoric, but it's so hard to know. So in my mind, what I can know is when I watch him give a speech, mm -hmm. how he addresses people, mm -hmm. how he handles himself. That's mm -hmm. what I can observe. Man, it's hard to be a citizen and stay informed. Oh, I agree with that. And and, and I'll answer it like this. I believe you should always listen. You know, the difference is CNN has a different opinion than Fox. It's okay to listen and it's okay to it's it's okay to listen to what people say. But like Javen says, the truth of the matter is you can get on Facebook and everybody's got a billion different uh, opinions or a di billion different angles of what happened or what was said, and and in today's age, it's so it's so easy to 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 misinform. It's so easy to 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 completely turn things around. Yeah, fake news, so right? yeah, so fake news. <laughs> so it's really really easy to do that. But like I tell you the same thing I told the guy the other day. He said, "Well, how do you know what's true?" And I said, "The important thing is remember to research it yourself. If you're that interested in it and you want America to change, then you have to be willing to go out there and get your hands dirty and research." research it for yourself don't believe everything you see don't believe everything you read and like you said sometimes trump says things on speeches i mean i, I watched a speech and speech and a lady was talking about can you call it a national emergency to build the wall and he said yeah i can 
can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I have thought about it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> right. I thought it was funny. I was like, you know, I was laughing. So yeah, just the way he came off there, I was like, okay, nobody's gonna lie. I mean, he's not very politician, you know, silver tongue yeah. there. But it's important to research why is he saying that? Why, why, why? What's the importance of having the wall up? Like, really, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's important. That's important. You got to research. Do you guys think, I guess, some of the information that is coming from uh, the White House, I mean, obviously, uh, going more so towards your point, Javen, there are major biases, um, especially uh, today with, with this president from each end of, the, uh, of, of that political spectrum. Um, but do you think that the information that is being pre- presented um, from the White House directly is reliable information? Um, I'll be one to say myself, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, in order to stay informed, it's like a full-time job. Uh, when you're not working, you, you need to be researching. And even even in that sense, you're not going to pick up every piece that you need in order to understand the story more holistically, uh, more fully. Um, but I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is whether or not you guys uh, find it difficult to just accept um, the information that is being provided from the White House as it is presented. Absolutely. I absolutely. It's absolutely. And I'm a big Trump supporter. OK, and I'm, I've made that very clear. But I'm never going to just take what's given to me. I have yeah. to research it myself. Like I said, you have to research it. Now, I'm, I will say this. I would I would I'd be more on board with believing it more so that Trump's president than I would have when Obama was president. You're saying Absolutely. even from the White House Yeah, itself. even from the White House. Like, from the White House itself, I would be more inclined to believe it, you know, since Trump's in, than I would have been if Obama's in. But still, even that being said, you still, like I said, have to do your research. You still have to. Yeah. You can't just give what's taken to or take what's given to you. Honestly, I, I don't really watch TV. And so, unless I'm going and looking for it, I'm not actually seeing news from the White House. So, I, I don't even know that I can give an opinion. It's interesting. I guess you both sort of alluded to um, there's still being validity within the institution of the presidency itself. So it does uh, hold some weight. But do you yeah. feel as though that's sort of changed? Mm. I, I think it has. The respect yeah. for the institution. Yeah, I think the respect for the institution has changed. But, but I think I think Trump has, he's wanted it to change. He's trying to change what the presidency looks like mm-hmm. because it feels like I mean, what do you even qualify as news coming from the White House? Is Trump laying in bed at 3 in the morning tweeting about something on his phone? Like, is that news from the White House? Because we're hearing more directly from the president than I think we ever have in history. And so yeah, even that, that, it's hard to know. Because, like, when he's on Twitter and he's talking, I mean— Can we just be real? Trump Trump needs to stop tweeting, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Trump needs to stop tweeting, brother. Okay, you just got to stop or hire somebody to to manage that, bro, because you got to stop. I mean, I love you to death, dog. You got to stop. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, you know, in today's age, I mean, everything's—everything— Information is so free now, you know? I mean, even growing up, me growing up in the 90s. I mean, you never hear about all the things. You didn't hear about all the things that you hear about now because now we have Facebook, we have Twitter, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have all these forms of communication. So, yeah, I I think that we're – I think anything that you hear about the presidency, whether it's from Trump or it's from, you know, some other politician, whatever it is, everything needs to be considered news. Everything needs to be researched. Like I said, everything needs to be looked at. You can't just – you can't just blindly accept yeah, something. Yeah, just blindly accept yeah, it. And, exactly. You know, maybe this is creating a culture which which makes us into better thinkers, like and maybe even our kids will be even more so. Like when you hear something, you will have to be critically thinking about it. 
all the time. And maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe it produces and, more thoughtful people. Well, and that's that's what I think is one of the biggest problems with society today is just being blindly accepting something. For instance, like I think that the only way to change America is through education, is through educating. That's educating your children at home. It starts at the home. And you move on from there, educating, researching, looking for the answers instead of just accepting what's being given to you. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a Christian man, but I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing. When I go to church in the morning and the pastor gives me, uh, read something out of the Bible, I'm going to go research it. I'm going to look in my Bible. I'm going to make sure because I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to accept something or I'm going to teach my children something, I better make sure I have my facts. And, 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 and the society today, it seems to me that they're just blindly accepting it they're just accepting that trump said such and such on tv did you go and watch did you go and look for it yeah you know trump you know trump tweeted this at 3 a.m well are you sure that was actually trump let's go look instead of them doing that they're just i hate trump he's a racist pig you know, <laughs> right. that's it's easy yeah. and it's easy to do that it's easy True. it's easy if you don't research um and I, you guys have mentioned hate just a bit um I, I want to talk about that as well. We've seen within the last couple of years um, a rise within neo-Nazi groups, hate groups, um, and it's even been discussed that you know Trump himself incites um, incites this level of hatred, incites this uh, uh, new sort of field that we find ourselves navigating. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on um, the presence of these hate groups and and this hate-filled culture, um, and then whether or not it has a place uh, within uh, contemporary Amer American politics. I think that okay, I'm I'm an African American, okay, and let me first and foremost say this: I absolutely 100%. Have any of y'all looked at the Black Lives Matter website? Have any of y'all researched it? I've never been on the no. website. I have been on it, and I absolutely believe that Black Lives Matter is a hate group. I absolutely believe mm. it. And I'm black. Um, I have experienced more racism from black people in my entire life than I ever have white people, and that's the truth. And the reason I believe, the reason I, I say this is because the African American community, I honestly believe that Black Lives Matter kind of started this whole, let's get out here and if we scream loud enough, they're gonna pay attention to us kind of attitude. Um, and, and, the, and I can't stand by Black Lives Matter because everything they say on their website is if you're a rich, wealthy, white person, parentheses around white person, give your estate to a black family in need. Go buy a black person food. You know, uh, they started to GoFundMe for, for black people in, for black people in, um, I forget, I don't know what the right word is for, but basically for black people in distress. You know, black people are hurt because of racism that happened, you know, 200 years ago. Oh, and yeah. that, that kind of stuff right there, that just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I was on Facebook um, the other day, and there's a, there's a there's a lady I'm friends with on Facebook. She's very anti-Trump, and she posted a picture of Obama going and speaking to the victims of the El Paso shooting, and she said hashtag real president status a real president status. Wonder why Trump didn't do that. So I just screenshotted the picture of the news when Trump went down there and did that and sent it to her, and she went on my Facebook, took pictures of my son, took pictures of me and my friends. And her and her friends just tore me apart, treat him like a Klan member because he's supporting a, a president who doesn't support him. And, you know, he's anti-black. And then I'm like, dude, I'm black. I got kids that are black. <laughs> like, you know, absolutely hate groups are a lot more verbal now than they ever have been. And it's because we have given them the right. We've given them 
we've given them the opportunity to stand up and scream like and have a little tamper tantrum. We're filming it. We're putting it on the media. And that's like I said, the media has a lot to do with it. They're they're just give you know, they're just exploiting everything. They, you know, absolutely, absolutely. It's a lot more public than it ever has been. Absolutely. I think that maybe I agree with what you're saying that it's more public than it ever has been. Like something cool that you do in your living room could reach millions of people. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Charlie bit me. But I I would be hesitant to say that that hate groups are more active than they've ever been, or it's a a bigger issue than it's ever been. I mean, like the Ku Klux Klan is no longer hanging people or like burning people. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. I mean, we live, we live in a time where anything can be blown up, and it, it's just so hard, at least for me, to know like what's what's really, what's really going on as far as hate groups and Black Lives Matter. Like, I think these these things all arise out of a need, but the the way that they're portrayed to us, or maybe the the persona that they take on. It's exactly. I right, mean, yeah. things things go fast. I don't know. <laughs> you, you recognize the need. Is that a need to be heard? Is that a need to uh, have have their desires and, and, and their concerns recognized by a larger audience outside of that group? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't know a lot about Black Lives Matter, but I, I would assume like it's it started out of people who feel oppression and who feel racism and say that this needs to be addressed and this needs a voice given to it. And, and but is how, it really racism? That's I mean, my question. I would say that there is definitely racism in America, and there are definitely people who are who are being discriminated against who need to be heard. Now, Black Lives Matter. I mean, are, are they the ones who are rallying and burning things in the streets and yeah. looting and vandalizing? Like, no, we we can't yeah. get behind that. But I don't know. It's 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 so hard for me to say. I don't believe that there. I, I personally don't believe that there's nearly as much racism as what people think. I mean, the way the way everything is portrayed now is that America is just full of racism. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere you look, it's just. I mean, it's just creeping around the corner. That's not true. You know what racism is? It's ignorance. It's ignorance. Both whether you're white, you're black, you're Mexican, anything. It's ignorance. Is what it is. The 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 fact that you can hate somebody based on their skin color is racist, okay? Whether you're black or white. And I would go as far to say this, and I may get in trouble for this, but I would go as far to say this, that black people are more racist now than white people. I would absolutely say that. Because what they're doing is, is you're, is you're alien, like, okay, for instance, I'm a, I'm an assistant youth pastor, or youth leader, youth leader at a church. And I had a girl come in, uh, a girl come into uh, youth, and she was talking about Trump, and she said, I hate Trump. And I said, why do you hate Trump? And she said, and I quote, because he's orange. Now, this girl's 15 years old, and I said, you hate him because he's orange. I said, how would you feel if somebody hated you because you were black? She said, that would be racist. I said, but you're hating Trump because he's orange. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Why are we, like, it's ignorant. It's ignorant. One thing I would like to say, um, there's this book that I read last summer, and it was really tedious, the second hardest book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> but there's some cool things in it. It's called Generations, The History of America's Future. It's by William Strauss and Neil Howe. Anyway, their proposal is that there's a cycle that goes on um, 
throughout history where there's four different generations. So there's the idealist generation, which was the boomers. There's the reactive generation, which was the 13th or um, like my parents. The civic generation, which is millennials. And then the adaptive generation, which is Gen Z. And all those that I just labeled are like the current ones. But this has been going on, they say, back as early as like 1584. So they say it's a cycle that just keeps turning over. And I was looking back through the book today, and I found this really interesting thing that they wrote about the glorious generation, which, like us as millennials, was also a civic generation. And this, they were a generation between 1648 and 1673. And they write that by the end of their lives, the glorious generation had overcome every major challenge they had faced coming of age. They had taken America politically from chaos to stability, from poverty to affluence, and from fanaticism to science. And, like, I think... Only, only time will tell what our generation will be able to do. But in this book, they also, their theory, the model says that there's a great awakening and a secular crisis in every generation. Every generation experiences that. And so if things go as they predict, the great awakening, the last one was the boom awakening in the 60s with like the hippies. That was the great like spiritual awakening. The secular crisis is on chart for like from 2015 to 2020. And I think maybe this could be it, like this polarization we're seeing and just the unrest and upheaval. And so hopefully when they look back, they'll say that this civic generation, you know, there were virtuous people who stepped up to the plate and brought America out of this chaos and formed order out of it. So I don't think it's fair to say that we're hopelessly lost or that we're going to hell in a handbasket. Like we're in turmoil, but I think that this is what happens in nations and I think we can come out of it. I think it's very interesting that you mentioned that. Um, and I guess just to like wrap us up, stay, staying with this um, topic of generations being like, you know, our reference point for our last mm -hmm. question. Um, where do you see American politics right now um, in terms of our party politics and whether or not uh, this can be something that can uh, change through solutions that we implement or it has to be something that just sort of resolves itself as time goes on, as perhaps uh, Strauss and Howie would um, suggest I would say um, I, I'm from understanding that question I would say you talking about party you talking party. about like what we see as the yeah. future yeah yeah as far as should we label ourselves as Democrats or Republicans or so on yeah or just like affiliate ourselves with a particular party and just like stay uh, s stay in that mindset gun hole right. against all odds right well I'll say this and I um, I don't know how many of you guys have watched the Andy Griffith show. Oh, yeah. But Andy Griffith is amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm a big Andy Griffith fan. <laughs> Did you know that Andy Griffith was a hardcore Democrat? Uh, hardcore Democrat. I know it's hard to believe because if you watch his show and you watch him on, uh, you know, in his interviews, he seems like a Republican would be today, correct? Let's say theoretically, let's say theoretically that Andy Griffith was run for president and he ran as a Democrat, but he still was, he still had the characteristics that he had then. I'd absolutely run. I'd absolutely vote for him. Yeah. For the simple fact, I don't believe that you should. I'm a dem. Or I'm 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 a Republican, but if there's a Democrat that holds better moral, morals and, and and fits better with what I believe America needs to go on the, on the path, if if a Democrat has is a better is better than the Republican candidate, I'll vote for a Democrat. I will. And I know that sounds really bad for me to say. Like I can't even believe I said that, but it's the truth. Of the matter is, I don't believe we should label ourselves as Democrats or Republicans. We have to remember that we're all American citizens and we all want America to succeed. But it's like I was telling you earlier, man, at some point in time, the left wing and the right wing have to come to a compromise and we have to work together or we'll, ne we'll never succeed if we don't learn how to work together. 
I think that one of the great tragedies of our situation is that we only get to live for like 70 or 80 years before we die. Like if we were able to be alive for like 300 years, you'd be able to get such good perspective of like what's happened, what will be happening and you know what we're doing. But as it is, it's like you just don't live long enough to understand your own time. It's like only when they're writing the textbooks later can they look back and frame history. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I I always wonder what would happen if if we were able to somehow move away from a two-party system to where like there were valid candidates from the third or fourth or fifth party, you know, and then it wasn't just like, are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? And we could easily just separate it like the parting yeah. of the Red Sea. Are you one side or the other, right? I wonder what it would look like if, if there were more voices, more parties really getting getting a shot at it. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting as we grow up. And, you know, it could be that it gets a lot worse and we look back and say, man, those are the good old days when <laughs> – yeah. People were civil, and now we're, like, all running around with machetes and actually killing each yeah. other, so yeah. hopefully not. <laughs> that was kind of Bernie's thing, wasn't it? Like, I, I couldn't be wrong on this, but Bernie was kind of a, a third-party guy. Like, he was neither—he had some Republican views and he had some Democrat views. That's why a lot of people liked him. Yeah, so, um, like, maybe seeing yeah. more moderate, now, truly I, moderate. Yeah, I'm not a Bernie guy no whatsoever. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Listen, I can never—I'd just be calling him President Sanders. Like, I mean, come on, like, Colonel Sanders, man. Like, I couldn't do it. I could not do it, man. He's, like, he's like 50. Or, is, or I was like, he's, like, 90. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's that much older than Trump, actually. Yeah, he well, looks he worse. Might, yeah. <laughs> he looks like worse. <laughs> like, but, like, every picture I've seen of him, like, dating back 15 years, he still looks 60 years old. <laughs> like, I, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy. But anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of them things where we have to um, we have to understand, like I said, that, that we all want America to succeed. And, yeah, I do agree with you that I do believe that it'd be kind of cool to see a third party come in and say, "Listen, I'm neither he, I'm neither he or she. You know, I'm yeah, neither, right. I'm neither side. I'm, I'm. This is what I believe in." And it's so easy to throw somebody in a category. You know what I'm saying? Like I have personally, I have a friend who's, who's who's gay, but he's the biggest Republican you could ever meet. He's very, well, what you would call him. He's very pro-gun. He's very, you know. Right. But how do you categorize him? Because some people say, "Well, I mean, since you're gay, you'd have to be Democrat." And he's like, "Well, why?" Like, yeah. why do I need to be thrown in that class? I absolutely agree with that. Why label somebody that, you know? And, that, and that's, I think we need to get out of the whole labeling stage. So we need to stop labeling people just based on, you know. Yeah, easy all, identifiers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's where you get yourself in trouble. You know what I mean? You can't. You can never judge a book by its cover. Like that book you have sitting right there, I'd never read it, but I'm sure it's a great book. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, it, was, uh, it was long. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you both for uh, taking yeah, some man. time yeah. to talk with me about some really controversial issues. Um, I, I do appreciate both of your perspectives, and uh, yeah, just thank you. Thank <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed this, it. This is a good time. Yeah, man. All right, so we will be joined again in a later session to discuss more controversies. If you are interested in learning more um, about the topics, I will be uh, issuing a uh, fact checker on our social media. Um, stay tuned for that. Uh, but until then, we will see you next time.